The reason why both book and film worked was that the action took place in a familiar setting, high school. Since Carrie, there have been more high school movies than you can shake your pom-pom hat, but in 1976, after the success of Carnal Knowledge, American Graffiti, and on television, Happy Days, awareness of high school culture was at a new high. Time to tip a bucket of pig's blood all over it. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about starlight, sequins, and the most sympathetic mass murderer of all time. She is very sympathetic. And she is. Almost too sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> then she burns you down. Burns you real good. Yeah. That's an interesting difference to the novel, actually. the This is a shockingly faithful adaptation yeah of this book have you Mm -hmm. ever read it i haven't okay it is it is like a lot of the movie is like word for word out of the book yeah the difference is at the end and this was partly a budget issue um the end in the book actually after she leaves the prom Mm -hmm. is actually much bigger like she basically burns down the whole fucking town I mean, because why not? Because why not? And during that whole sequence, starting from, like, the moment of the pig's blood until she finally dies, because she does also die in the novel, Mm -hmm. she is, A, like, has much more agency, right? Like, it is very much a decision to hurt people. Right. Yes. And B, she's actually, like, managing to telepathically message everyone in town. Just, like, a giant, like, you know, psychic FaceTime. (laughs) (laughs) Telling the whole goddamn town that she was doing it. And, like, why. Oh. So she's actually, like, whereas in the movie they play it almost as if she doesn't have full control over her powers. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, she, like, very much had control over her powers. And she, like, decided to fuck them up. Right. And fucked up they got. We're talking about Carrie, by the way. I was just thinking, I was like, (laughs) did we... Did we say what we're... We didn't. I mean, you said it in the cold open. Yes, that's true. But yes. So tonight we are discussing the 1976 classic Carrie. Yes. Because it is prom season, after all. I mean, if you're going to do it. Do a bloody. Go out with the blaze. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> I mean, there were also bangs. There were also bangs. There were also buzzes mm-hmm. of electricity. Yep. Yeah. A few flying knives at her mother. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that scene. That was good. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for having a Jesus statue that looks just like you, Margaret. Yeah. What the fuck? Also, can we just talk about the fact that that Jesus statue had fucking glowing eyes? I know. <laughs> it's like a really... 
It's a creepy fucking statue. Yeah. Like, I would not... I'm not a particularly religious person, but, like, even if I was, I don't think I would be pr- particularly comforted by that statue. No. No, yeah. no, no. Although, I suppose, if we wanted to get, like, deep about this shit, religion was not a comfort in that house. No, it was not. And it, that's not what it was for. No. It was... It was... That yeah. was her coping mechanism. That's right. what it, that was the mother's coping mechanism for, well, partially. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually, that's, that's actually something I was going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Is that like, Margaret White's beliefs are weird. Yes. Even in the context of like a very fundamentalist, like Christian doctrine, mm-hmm. still weird. Like, th- it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, but we should absolutely touch on that later because there's definitely more going on than just her being a religious nut because yep. it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like her beliefs just, just don't add up otherwise. Um, I'm excited because I actually had not watched this movie in a very long time. You know, I haven't either. Mm-hmm. I forgot how good this movie is. It's so good. Yeah. I forgot. So I forgot. There were a few things I forgot about this movie. I forgot that it was so good. Mm-hmm. I forgot that... Um, I forgot how nuanced it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I remembered it being very much... I think I only remembered, like... The shower scene, the prom scene, and the, and the end. <laughs> Which makes sense. Like, those are definitely, like, the big set pieces, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. But there is this, like, very, um... Sort of layered story in between. hmm And Carrie is almost a hero. Yeah. Like, she's almost the hero of her own story. Mm-hmm. Until that bucket tips. <laughs> yeah. Like, gosh, she was so close. Um, but also, but not everybody, not everybody in the movie is mean to her. No. Like, no. I had it in my head that Sue and Tommy were in on the blood thing. Right. Yeah, no, I did too. Like I did that, too, but... That whole thing, like, getting mm-hmm. her to the prom... Mm-hmm. was specifically so they could pour the blood on her. Right. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. In fact, Sue tries very hard to stop it because right. she honestly did feel bad about the way that she'd been treating her. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, there are better ways to make amends than have your boyfriend lie and take another girl to a brown. Yeah. Poor choices. So, yeah, so I had forgotten how good it was. I had forgotten that there are people who are on Carrie's side. Misguided, though, they might be. Right. And I forgot how many fucking huge stars are in this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. This cast. And I mean, it's early on. So, I mean, like. Yeah. They were all unknowns. Yeah. At the time. Like, so, obviously, Sissy Spacek is, is the, well, her and John Travolta are probably the two biggest. The two biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But even Sissy Spacek was relatively unknown. Like, she mm-hmm. had been in a couple of movies. She was in um, Badlands, which was Terrence Malick's, I think, his first mm-hmm. major motion picture. Um, and that was very, like, critically acclaimed. It was basically, like, 
Badlands is basically a movie um, that's based on like the um, Charles Starkweather crimes, which like there are so many fucking movies based on those. <laughs> There's so many movies based on those kids, and it's like <laughs> you realize Starkweather killed a two year old, right? Like it's not romantic. Anyway, neither here nor there. Not cute. Um, but that's very much like a cult classic type of movie, right? Right. Like, I mean, it's Terrence Malick. Like, right. those movies are not big box office. This was a hit. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, this was a star maker. Yeah. So you had Sissy Spacek, who, like, had been in a couple of, of you know, critically acclaimed but not hugely well-known films. Mm-hmm. Was a huge star after this. Right. Um, John Travolta, of course... I mean, was on Welcome Back, Cotter. Right. And was basically playing mean Vinnie Barbarino in this movie, mm-hmm. which, like, let's face it, for about five years, he played no one but Vinnie Barbarino in every movie he was in. Right. Which is fine. Um, I don't think that he would have been in Greece in le- it, 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 if he wasn't in this movie. I don't think he would have been in Greece if he wasn't in this movie. Yeah. I am 100% with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Um... And not saying that he didn't deserve it, but like... Right, but this is... I mean, this movie, it is a star maker. Like, yeah. uh, Piper Laurie was already... Yeah, she was already she'd relatively been around for a long known. Time. She had been around for a long time, and she was sort of one of these, like, character actresses, although she hadn't been in an actual movie since The Hustler, which was a huge film, right? Like, that was right. Paul Newman. Like, it's a huge movie, but, like, mm-hmm. it was 15 years earlier, and she hadn't been in a feature film. Mm-hmm. In that 15 years. So it was almost like a like comeback for Piper Laurie. Right. Um, and what a fucking phenomenal job Piper Laurie did. Mean. I mean, if you take a look at, like, every line of dialogue that is associated with this film, like, when we were trying to decide what to call this episode, right. every single line of dialogue that is, like, known from this film comes out of Piper Laurie's mouth. Yep. Um, and then you have the other kids. You have Amy Irving mm-hmm. as Sue Snell, who... Uh, was never, I don't think, like, obviously never to the to the level of like a Sissy Spacek or John Travolta, but like she was in a lot of right. a lot of good movies, right? Yeah. She was in um, Crossing the Lancy, she was in Yentl, mm-hmm. um, so some you know some pretty big movies, and Nancy Allen who plays uh, Chris, the really mean one. Yep, I figured her last name, but Nancy Allen was in RoboCop, and. Uh, mm-hmm. PJ Souls. And PJ Souls. <laughs> Come on, PJ Souls. Friend of the podcast, PJ Souls. Well, she's not a friend of the podcast. She doesn't even know we have a podcast, but she's a lovely woman. I met her at, at Motor City Nightmares. She's a friend. She <laughs> just doesn't know it. She doesn't know it. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> uh. um, and then there's William Catt, who is, uh, plays Tommy Ross and is the greatest American hero ever seen that show he is also in house have you ever seen house he is he is he's the guy in house no i'm sorry you're thinking of the television show i'm talking about the film from 1985 the horror movie house have you ever seen it oh it's i like half watched it right (laughs) i need to rewatch it we are absolutely going to cover house on this podcast one day because like House has one of the best hard left turns in horror. <laughs> you're just like watching it and you're like, sure, this is a ghost movie. This is a pretty straightforward, like, guilt manifesting as ghosts movie. And then all of a sudden, like, fucking industrial lights and magic comes in. And it's just like, House is the answer to the question, what if the Jim Henson studio had made Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, what if you just took Labyrinth and Jacob's Ladder and smashed them together? You get a house. house. So, we will absolutely watch it, because it's it's worth watching. Um, but yeah, that is a hell of a cast. And they were all kids. Mm-hmm. They were all unknown, right? Um, both Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie were actually nominated for Oscars for this movie. I mean, well, obviously, like, okay, obviously, there's always a like. I always want the horror movies to win because right. they hardly ever do. Yes. Um, but they were up against Network. The entire cast of Network. So like, Sissy Spacek lost to Faye Dunaway. Okay. Piper Laurie uh, lost to Beatrice Strait. Actually, this was a fun year at the Oscars. So Beatrice Strait. Uh, was in network for less than five minutes and she won Best Sporting Actress. Like, shortest screen time in history for an Oscar win. I was going to say, wasn't that Except actually... for maybe Judy Dench. Yeah. So maybe until Judy Shakespeare Dench. Love. So Judy Dench might have broken her record. Okay. But she set the record at the time. Right. Um, Peter Finch became the first person to win a posthumous Oscar because he actually died before the Oscars. Uh, for best actor didn't happen again I read until Heath Ledger but didn't Peter Fonda I don't remember I know Heath Ledger was the last one Heath Ledger was the the most recent one yeah I feel like there was also I feel like Peter Fonda won an Oscar maybe he didn't win maybe he was just Mm -hmm. nominated anyway um, because wasn't a Chadwick Boseman Chadwick Boseman did not win. Yeah. He was supposed to win. He was supposed to win. They rearranged the fucking telecast so that he would yeah. be the last thing anyone was talking about. And then everybody had to watch and poor Anthony Hopkins be like, sorry. Right. Like, <laughs> And he was. He was like... He wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. Because he wasn't expecting to win. He wasn't expecting to win. Well, and like, he's old. It's COVID. I don't blame him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. But also like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I do love it when the Oscar producers like do something because I mean it shows you right there that they honestly don't know who's gonna win because yeah. like just like when they sent the entire film crew to Judy Garland's hospital room and then she didn't win <laughs> um, then you had Piper Laurie who had been nominated for The Hustler and then was nominated for this uh, which meant that she was nominated for consecutive film roles but they were 15 years apart which had never happened before. I'm not sure it's happened since. Yeah, I don't know. And this is my favorite part. Rocky won Best Picture and nothing else. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It won Best Picture and Best Editing. Oh. So it didn't win any of the acting awards. It didn't win right. screenplay. It didn't win director. It won nothing, but somehow was the Best Picture of the year. <laughs> I mean, does that track with the illogic decision-making that the Academy yeah. makes? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure it was, I'm, I'm sure it was <clears throat> like that. Um, let's see. What else? Network and what was the other big one that year? I'm sure it was like a split the ballot issue. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Like that, you know, and then, you know, just Rocky managed to 
two were fighting against each other, and then Rocky managed to be. <laughs> Rocky wins. I mean, Rocky's a good film. Don't get me wrong. It's just I love it whenever a movie wins Best Picture, right? And nothing else. Because <laughs> it's like, how is that possible? Right. Like, how could how you not you... have the best acting, the best directing, the best scri- the best script, and then be the best movie? It was just that well edited. <laughs> you know, I've actually never seen Rocky. Never seen Rocky. Never seen it. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. Yeah, just never had an interest. Stop it. <laughs> so anyway carrie yes but before we really dive into carrie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it is shock tale hour Ooh, i cut out the end (laughs) not sure about that one not sure about that one my voice said Nope. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> you dirty little hoochie. <laughs> you dirty pillows. <laughs> you dirty pillows. They can see your dirty pillows. Can see your dirty pillows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dirty pillows. Mm-hmm. All right, mom. <clears throat> like, they're what called, are you implying? You. They're called breasts. Are you calling my my boobs dirty? <laughs> right. Well, and like. The fact that you're calling them pillows. Are you saying that someone needs to rest on them? That's what I'm saying. Like, pillows are invited. Right. Mixed messages. <laughs> Make up your mind, mother. Make up your mind, mother. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> um. <laughs> Tonight's shock tale is called the electric boogie. <laughs> boogie, 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 boogie. <laughs> <laughs> and it is among my favorite shocktail names of uh, that we've done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, I was very excited when we when we decided to call it that. Um, so, the electric boogie is essentially a spiked punch because we are at the prom after all. Right. It is equal parts uh, cherry juice, limeade, and coconut rum. Mm-hmm. Add that to two parts ginger ale mm-hmm. so uh we did it in parts so that you can scale it up to like a punch bowl if you want or you can scale it down to just a single drink right. um obviously garnish with some maraschino cherries mm-hmm. maybe a little like skewer with like some cherry and some pineapple if you wanted to go mm-hmm. real summery with it right. and be good with the coconut and the cherry and the lime. Mm-hmm. um but yeah the electric boogie and uh you know keep it away from Sprinklers and sparks, flame. Yeah, the drink's not hot. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not yeah. meant to be hot. Not meant to be hot, you know. Mm-hmm. Not not meant to be electrified. If your prom is... Right, no, no. If your prom's on fire, you should probably just take it outside. Drink right. it out there. Well, I mean, if your prom's on fire, going outside should be here. <laughs> I mean, you can hang out inside if you want to, but... I mean, you get real toasty. Yeah. Real toasty. I mean, it's summertime. You want to go outside. I'd probably like a toasty by the sponge. I'm probably, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, keep it away from very angry telekinetic teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want them drunk. <laughs> I mean, true. Yeah, They're just going to move shit around all over the place. <laughs> They're like, ha, 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 watch this. They just throw a car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she does do that. She does do that. She's not even drunk. <laughs> nope. 
Uh, so Carrie is based on the 1974? Four? four, I believe. Yes. I think it's four. Yeah. Yeah. The 1974 novel by Stephen King. It was his first published novel. Um, so it was a star maker for him too. Right. Uh, it was not the first novel that he wrote. It was right. just the first one that he managed to get published, mm-hmm. which are very often not the same, not right. the same novel. Um, well, and of course, because of this being his first novel, this is also his first film. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Before, uh, you know, long before he started having cameos in his movies. Oh, yeah. It would have been great if he yeah. did a cameo in this movie. Um, yeah, he could have been like a... I don't know. He was pretty young. He was pretty young. I mean, he was pretty young. He probably could have passed as one of the kids because literally every single one of these teenagers... These teenagers. Oh, yeah. This movie was made in 1976. Mm -hmm. These teenagers were all born between 1948 and 1952. Yep. So they're all in their mid-20s. Every single goddamn one of them. Mm -hmm. Which is hilarious because, like, I didn't realize that PJ Souls was that much older than her character in Halloween. Yeah. And that was two years later. Right, right, (laughs) right. So she was even older. (laughs) Interestingly... And I, I always love these stories because it seems like every single famous author has one. Mm-hmm. Stephen King did not think that this was a good book. <laughs> like, while he was writing it, he was like, Really? This is crap. No one's ever going to publish this. Like, I should just give up writing. Because, I mean, he had tried to get... I mean, he had a lot of... He had had short stories published. Yeah, his he actually sort of sketched out the concept and then threw it away. And, I mean, you know legend has it that his wife actually fished it out of the garbage and was like no you have something here keep going i mean maybe i mean maybe it's a good story Mm, it's a good good story story. um this one was of course directed by brian de palma oh yes right Mm -hmm. um and it focuses on uh carrie white believe it or not hence the name Wait, so who's Carrie? Uh, Carrie is the main character. Oh. <laughs> Carrie's the car. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that's Christine. Right, 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 right. Is Carrie the clown? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> she was in the hotel. Okay. All right, we'll stop. So, so to go back with Brian De Palma really quick, yes, Brian just DePaulo. to just to go over just a few other movies that he's done. Yeah, for sure. He has some greats. Blowout. Um, Dress to Kill. Mm-hmm. Baby or Body. Do- I have some Baby Double. <laughs> body Double. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scarface. Scarface. Classic. Uh, Blowout. Blowout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also John Travolta. Mm-hmm. In that one. I think Sisters as well was another one that he did. No, I think so. But yeah, he's 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 one of these. He's he's sort of the the. He's kind of one of these like workhorse. Yeah. Directors, mm-hmm. right? Like he's he's very good at what he does, and he's worked a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not. I I feel like you don't hear as much about him and like his illustry as you do as some of the others right um but he's just like he's just one of these like workhorse guys it's mm-hmm. just like he's worked a lot and he's yeah. made a lot of really great films and this is one of them mm-hmm. and if i'm not mistaken too there's uh they they have uh this is just a fun little side fact too um 
there's a a period that they call, if I'm not mistaken, they call it his red period. Mm -hmm. And it's when he made the sisters and dressed to kill. Mm. This is red period. Yeah, right, for sure. Mm. So, the film opens with a slow motion, dreamlike... I don't want to necessarily say borderline pornographic because they are naked, but it's not necessarily sexual. But like the way that the slow motion is, is also very sexual. I think it's absolutely meant to be sexual. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't like women. (laughs) I know you don't, but like, you know, Brian DePaulva does. And I think that (laughs) I I was like, I don't know if Brian DePaulva is straight or not. I mean, that's fair. He may be a gay man. He might be. Well, I mean, he was certainly... He was playing to the male gaze because oh, yes. that is absolutely a pornographic oh, sequence. Yeah. But it was just like, this is odd. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Because what they do before that is they show them playing volleyball. So you know they're kids. Right. Right? So like the, the very first thing you see, they're playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. Carrie is not good at playing volleyball and they start to tease her about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she ends up losing them, losing the match. You lose the game. You always lose the game when she's on your team. Right. Um. Right, and then you have this like slow motion. You know, it's almost like Baywatch. Like, do you remember Baywatch? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, like the one girl is like running from the shot like they're like playing and it's like you know if if Baywatch was allowed to go like fully nude this that's what Baywatch would look like except on I think at Baywatch they had bigger breasts but you know it was the 90s right right and I said that as if breasts got bigger (laughs) um there were more preservatives in food and I don't know how breasts work. It's like chickens. <laughs> right. I don't know how breasts right. work. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Um. No. <laughs> They're just there. Just <laughs> get in the way. Oh, I definitely just shimmied, by the way. She did. You can see that. Michelle could. Yep. <laughs> He's traumatized now. Um. Keep those breasts out of my face. <laughs> They were not in his face. <laughs> they were in my face. No, they weren't. Nowhere near. I'm all the way over here. Anyway. Um, so you have the volleyball game during this sequence. Carrie is washing herself and suddenly there's blood on her hand. Mm-hmm. Because she has... Started her first period. Mm-hmm. She's 16. Yeah, it's late in the game. Which is late in the game, but not impossible. I mean, right, not yeah. Um, but that is like, that was very convenient for her mother. Right. The fact that just like, by coincidence, like, she just had this very like late onset, mm-hmm. late onset, like, menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. right because i think that it allowed (laughs) 
Margaret to control her for longer. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because it was after her first period started and she found out that she was being lied to. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, obviously there's a lot tied up in this whole, like, you know, first period thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the, the blood, the sort of... In an interview, King said something about how, like, her telekinesis was set off by the hormones, which, like, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's how it, that's kind of how it plays out. It like, is, because, like, as soon as that period starts, suddenly the lamp starts. Right. Right? Like, it does, it does play out. Um, but, but also, Miss Collins, the gym teacher, played by, you know, Betty Slap a Bitch Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> She got a good slap. She got a she, she got a good right hook. Is very violent. Yeah. <laughs> um. She explains to her like how it actually works. Right. And it's it's you know and Carrie goes home and kind of confronts her mother about it. Like mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me? I thought I was dying. Like you didn't. Like this is just a natural thing, and you kept it from me. And then of course you know Margaret goes insane because Margaret's insane. Um, yeah. But. Yes, so this happens, and like that is a like, as a woman, it is, it's like, it's freaky. Even when you know, mm-hmm. it's just weird, right? I mean, suddenly you're bleeding. Suddenly you're bleeding. Periods are weird. Periods are weird. It's a weird ass thing. Yeah. And like, I knew, I was 12, right? And I knew what was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but it was still like, I was actually really annoyed because we had just opened our swimming pool for the summer. And I was like, God damn Except I was 12, so I was probably like, God damn Um, (laughs) But yes, so it it is the absolute nightmare scenario for that to happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, It would be embarrassing even if you knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. But she was absolutely terrified. And... The other girls decided to torment her Mm -hmm. instead of, like, even ignoring her. (laughs) Right. No better choice. Right. But, you know, they start throwing sanitary napkins at her. They corner her in the shower and she's sort of screaming, help me. And then here comes, you know, Miss Slapabitch who comes in. And so first, let's. We should keep a writing list of all of the children (laughs) Miss Collins assaults. Over the course of this film. Oh, yeah. And Miss Collins is one of the good guys. Right. One of the few. One of the few. Had. But yeah. Yeah, she's but considered one of the good guys. definitely, like, on Carrie's side, right? Right. So first, she comes, she starts shaking Sue Snow, mm-hmm. who is played by Amy Irving. Right. And saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Sue's like, I don't know. Carrie's got her period. I don't know. <laughs> and then she goes, she starts shaking Carrie. Which, in fairness... Okay, fine. Carrie is hysterical. Right. You could argue that she's just trying to calm her down. Not a good way to do that. No. Slaps her in the face to get her to calm down. When she finally realizes that, in fact, the girl is terrified because she thinks she's bleeding to death. Right. Right. So she sends all the other girls away. She takes Carrie to the principal's office. (laughs) They send her home for the day. Right. Principal cannot remember her name for the life of him, by the way. Right. Yes. So... I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You have a school of, like, how many hundreds of kids, but also, like... But the girl's in your office. Right. 
And she just told you her name. Like four times. Right. Well, that's what's interesting is that like even the teachers, even the adults with the exception of Miss Collins. Right. Even the adults are dismissive of her. Yeah. Like the English teacher whose name escapes me at the moment, but like the English mm. teacher like is... He's such a douche. Openly mocks her. Yeah. In front of the whole class. Mm-hmm. And like all she says is the poem is beautiful. Right. Like dares to speak. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hold on, hold on. He goes off on this whole thing about how, like, it's like, dude, chill. Yeah. Let her like a poem. Let her like a poem. Are you not talking about poetry? Yeah. Did you not just, like, basically cream your pants at the poem that you had just read? Right. Or pretended to, I don't know what the fuck, because he was reading his, wasn't that the whole, wait, let me back it up. Because <laughs> wasn't he reading his poem and thought it was beautiful as well? Yes. He just, it's just, it was just scary. Like, it's just right. things that other people got away with, she got tormented for. Right. <clears throat> so they send Carrie home to her crazy mother. They send Carrie home thinking that they're doing her a favor. <laughs> because she doesn't have to be around all the, you know, kids yeah. after this humiliating incident. But in fact, what they've done is send her home to her ridiculously abusive home. Yep. Uh, in between... We are introduced to Margaret White, actually not through an interaction with Carrie, but through an interaction with Sue's mother, mm-hmm. which is a great scene. <laughs> I uh, love it. I wish that there was more of Sue's mother in this. I mean, we need more of Sue's mother. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's got to be some, there's got to be some footage on the cutting room floor of Sue's mother that could be spliced back in. Oh, I'm sure. Just give us an extended director's cut of like, just more of Sue's mother. Right. So you realize very quickly that... Margaret White is a religious fanatic. Mm-hmm. And a weird one at that. Mm-hmm. Makes her living, meager though it may be, by selling religious pamphlets mm-hmm. to her neighbors. So she's having this conversation with Sue, Sells, with Sue Snell's mom. Uh, she basically like gives her money to make her go away. Right. Which is really how Margaret White makes her living. Yeah, absolutely. Even though, which is... Which is interesting because even though, like, Margaret is actually annoyed that she just wants her to give her, that she just wants to give her money and have her go away rather than actually, like, let her stand there and preach to her. Right. So, like, there's a little bit of, like, how much of a true believer she actually is Mm -hmm. in that. Because, like, she doesn't just, like, oh, thank you, happily take the money. Like, right? She's not a scammer. Right. She, like, lives this shit. Oh, yeah. Through and through. Through and through. And she makes her daughter live it as well. Yes. So then, um, Margaret's on her way home, gets home and everything, and, um, and Carrie's home as well. Carrie's home as well. So Carrie actually, she was sent from home from school, and a a couple of strange things have already happened. Yes. So there was the exploding light bulb in the locker room Mm -hmm. right when it happened. Right. Uh... When she gets angry because the principal doesn't remember her name, mm-hmm. his ashtray flips off the desk Which, by itself. Like, yes. Uh, they are fully chain oh, yeah. smoking. At 70s, that's where it's at. Uh-huh. Ashtray is in the principal's office. Yep. Full ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that thing was full hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Flips off his desk, and then... As she's walking home, there is uh, a little boy on a bike who taunts mm-hmm. her 
and then he falls off of his bike. Mm-hmm. So Carrie is kind of like, what's going on? You know, all of these things, like, maybe the ashtray just fell, although it does, like, fly off that desk. Maybe the, the light bulb burned out by accident. Maybe mm-hmm. the kid just fell off his bike. Maybe he wasn't paying attention because he was too busy being a little brat, right? right? But she's starting to wonder what's happening to her. Right. Beyond just the period, which she now at least understands because it was explained to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, these other things are not explained. Right. So when Margaret gets home, she gets a phone call from the school to inform her about this incredibly, like, traumatic and humiliating experience that her daughter, probably an apology. Right. <laughs> like, we don't hear the other side of the conversation. But one would have to assume that there was an apology on the other end of that conversation. Right? Like, we're so sorry mm-hmm. this happened. This is what happened today. Uh, I don't know. It was the 70s. They made another apology. And they would just, right, just be like, um, your daughter's on the rag bag. But... <laughs> how it goes that's what happens uh margaret decides that this is carrie's fault oh yeah absolutely because it is because right? it absolutely is 100 percent. because if she hadn't if she didn't have sinful thoughts mm-hmm. she wouldn't get a period right because the curse of blood is is you know punishment I... for eve's sins that fucking mindset jesus <laughs> I mean, yeah. Literally. I don't think he even had that. I don't even think even he had that mindset. No. I think no, he was no. much more chill than that. Oh, yeah. Um, so we witnessed for the first time the absolutely horrific treatment mm-hmm. uh, of Carrie at the hands of her mother. Yep. She smacks her with a Bible and makes her... It's not even a Bible. It's one of her fucking pamphlets. I think that... I actually didn't notice that until like my second wash through. Mm-hmm. Is that like the scripture quote-unquote, that she's reading isn't from a Bible. It's from one of her pamphlets. I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's like, what she's reading, like, yes, she does actually quote a Bible verse at one point, but the the whole first part about, like, leasing the raven on the world and, like, the curse Mm -hmm. of blood and all that shit, none of that's in the Bible. It all came from one of these stupid pamphlets that she's, like, beating Carrie with. She then pulls her by the hair mm-hmm. to a closet that is chilling in its very existence because oh, yeah. it is set up for mm-hmm. this purpose. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like she just throws her in the pantry in, in a fit of rage. It's like, right. no, no. This is where she puts Carrie when she's been bad. Yep. Which, like, don't do that. Don't lock children in closets. No, that's not Metaphorically how this works. or otherwise. Bad idea. Yeah. And in there is. One of the, like, most upsetting Jesus statues you'll ever see. I just can not. And I'm an art historian. I've seen some upsetting Jesus statues. Yeah. You want some upsetting Jesus statues? Go ahead and... Go ahead and, um... Google uh, medieval German crucifixes. You want upsetting Jesus statues. (laughs) Um, But this one's pretty bad. This one's pretty bad. Uh, Mostly because it looks... Very much, it looks very 70s. It does. Like, he's got 70s hair. Right. He definitely looks coked out. Like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus on a bender. (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemy. Um, (laughs) But, so she, and she's, 
she keeps her in there for hours. Yeah. Right? Because it wasn't even the end of the school day. They sent her home in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And then it's nighttime when she finally lets her out. Yeah, she's in there for hours. <clears throat> so she lets her out. She goes to bed. At school the next day, Miss um, Collins has negotiated a punishment for the girls who taunted Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to suspend them and bar them all from the prom. But the principal, being of the opinion that what they did to Carrie wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Right, which is which is like the opinion of everyone except for Carrie and Miss Collins, essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, just said like, no, a week's detention, but you can run it, right? So right. there they are. They're making, you know, she's making them run laps. She's making them do push-ups. She's making them do sit-ups. You know, she's making, she's doing all the like, she is assaulting them. So here we have our second assault. <laughs> oh, um, and, and we should say too, like, if they don't go to do this detention, right. they yes, don't go to compromise. Prom. So yeah. yes, it's a compromise between Miss Collins and the principal. If they right. don't listen to Miss Collins during this week, they're out of the prom. Yep. And given that half of them are on the prom committee, uh huh, and they're like very invested, this is a big threat. Right. Okay. So there are three sort of main. Like, it's a big group of girls. It's the entire gym class, essentially. Right. But there are three main girls. Mm-hmm. There's Sue, mm-hmm. there's Norma, and there's Chris. Right. Right. Uh, Sue feels legitimately bad about what they did to Carrie. Yes. Sue was angry um, because Carrie touched her. Like, she touched her blouse with her bloody hand. Right. Which, like, I get why you'd be angry, Right. And then she got swept away. She still shouldn't have done what she did. Right. But she's not sort of generally a mean person. She just mm-hmm. got caught up in this moment. And then she felt bad about it. Right. Norma and Chris, on the other hand. <laughs> Full assholes. Full assholes. And Chris, you get the feeling that, well, I mean, you get the feeling that sort of everyone at the school except for Carrie is rich, which doesn't help. Yeah. Like, there's a class thing here as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but 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 Chris has that, like, fucking Draco Malfoy, do you know who my father is thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she is being openly defiant. She doesn't think that she did anything wrong. She thinks that Carrie deserves the treatment that she gets. And uh, Miss Collins slaps her. <laughs> Which, again really shouldn't do yeah she she slaps her and then shakes the shit out of her that's true right i mean so i'm just counting by people she assaults not number mm-hmm. of times she assaults oh them. yeah yeah it's it's twice in a row yeah it's it's well because uh like i know chris basically tells her that she can take the last 10 minutes of this this which i'm like 10 minutes girl you've been in this for how long this day and you can't take another 10 minutes right but okay um but yeah, so she's like, she's like, you can take those ten minutes and shove them up your ass. Basically, mm-hmm. she didn't actually say ass; she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when she walks up and slaps her. And then Chris is like, "Like you're not going to get away with this." And she and Do you uh, know who my father is? right. Yeah. And she's like, I, <laughs> she's like, I don't give a f-, basically, like, I don't give a fuck, and mm-hmm. shook the hell out of her. And she's like, "Don't threaten me." With a good fucking time. 
<laughs> I'm yeah. like, damn. Yeah, Miss Collins has some anger issues. Yeah, she's got to get it together. Um, so it is this point that both Sue and Chris hatch plans. Yes. Plans that involve their boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Sue decides that she's going to try to make it up to Carrie. Right. By having her boyfriend take Carrie to the prom. Yeah. So close. The, the... Heart's in the right place. Yeah, but not the action. Not the action. Bad idea. Not going to go well. Wasn't going to go well no matter what. Uh Uh-huh. Something was going to happen. Right. Especially since he has to, like, really pressure Carrie into going. Yeah. Like, has to basically harass the girl. Yep. Uh, Meanwhile, Chris goes to her boyfriend, who is, you know, played by Don, baby baby John Travolta. Right. It's Vinny Barbarino, Redux. Um, And they have a pretty contentious relationship. Like, oh, yeah, it's very like it's very like that, you know, Sue and Tommy are are relatively happy together. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they're just sort of the, you know, the like popular boy and the popular girl. And like they they actually do like each other. Whereas like all Billy and Chris do is argue. Yeah. Billy actually slaps her multiple times, multiple times like there's and she slaps him a couple of times. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of violence in this movie. There's a lot of, like, low-grade violence in this movie. Yeah. Before we get to the, like, one very, like, you know, over-the-top act of violence. Yes. There's a lot of low-grade violence. Mm-hmm. Clearly in this entire community, right? Yeah. So there's there's something to be said there about just, like, the level of tension that, like, everyone's just so on edge that they're ready to just smack somebody right. at all times. Um, so... Sue talks her boyfriend into taking Carrie to the prom. Um, Chris persuades her boyfriend for their part of the plan with a blowjob. Now, I'm no expert. However, (laughs) it is very heavily implied, though I mean not explicitly shown, but very heavily implied that Chris is performing fellatio on Billy Mm -hmm. in his truck while speaking to him clearly. Now, again, not an expert. I am, however, and <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know that's not how that works. No, you would not. Her voice should be at least a little muffled, right? Or like she should at least have like lifted her head a little and been like, hey, hi. Like you could have put some fucking marbles in her mouth or something. Like, come on. <laughs> so her plan is... <laughs> Wait, hold on. Sean's not done. Sean's not done talking about this. <laughs> she's in the middle of giving him a blowjob. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, mind you, again, sucking his dick, talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate Carrie White. Right. And he's just like, who? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Do you want him to remember this plan? Maybe you right. should wait until you're finished. Like, I mean, until he's finished. I, can I, when I say I fucking cackled when I saw that scene. 
when I saw that scene rewatching this movie, I was like, why don't I remember this? It's a silly scene. Chris's plan is like diabolical. Yeah. It involves killing a pig. Uh-huh. And then just go along with it. Not just not just Billy. Like, okay, Billy, fine. Like, Billy agrees when he's getting his dick sucked. Right. And give him a free pass. He's kind of dumb. But there are, like, <laughs> others involved in this. Like, there are, like, four or five kids going at this. Like, right. Who? I'm sorry. I don't care what kind of peer pressure. If someone had been like, hey, we're going to go to the slaughterhouse and dr- and exanuate a fucking pig. I would have been like, yeah, not my idea of a Friday night. Okay, thanks. Bye. And also, yeah. why couldn't you just, like, you can't just buy the pig's blood from the butcher? Pretty sure you could. Pretty sure you could have found some blood that wasn't out of the living pig that you did it yourself. Crazy. Crazy. They're crazy. But anyway, so their plan is the rig. So clearly Chris has heard that Sue is really forcing Tommy to take Carrie to the prom. Right. So her plan is to rig the election for prom king and queen. Mm -hmm. And then dump a bucket of pig's blood onto Carrie's head. Right. Which is just really not very nice. No, like... And a little tricky because she has, in fact, been barred from the prom because she stopped showing up to detention. Right. So she has to sneak into the gym. She has to sneak into the prom to do this. Right. This is what they decide to do with with their time. Mm -hmm. Instead of just, like, dancing and drinking their spiked punch. Choices. Choices. So anyway. um, Meanwhile... Carrie has been reading up on telekinesis. She has come to understand um, very quickly (laughs) what it is about her. Mm -hmm. Um, And Tommy, in fact, does ask her to the prom, to which she says no, because she's not stupid. Right. Right. And she does not believe that he's sincere. And she's correct. She doesn't... Mm -hmm. She obviously doesn't know about the trick, and obviously Tommy's not in on the trick, right? Like, Tommy and Sue are actually trying to do something nice. Again, misguided, but are actually trying to do something nice. Right. But she knows that, she knows he's not sincere. And he Mm -hmm. has to, like, convince her. So it's like, in this, quote-unquote, attempt to do something nice, he's gaslighting this girl. Yes. (laughs) Like, full on. Like, no, you're just paranoid. (laughs) I want to go out with you because you liked my poem. No. Stop it. Not nice. No. Um, no, no. So, she does finally agree after a pep talk from Miss Collins about how, you know, she should be more competent. And she should be because Sissy Spacek is gorgeous. Like, it's oh, hilarious yeah. to me that, like, you know, the quote unquote cow, right? Like, they call her the things they call her. And I'm like, she's Sissy Spacek. Right, like, like, get it together. She's beautiful. Although they do say, like, there are, there's more than one instance, like, once she is sort of dolled up a little bit, where, mm-hmm. like, unprompted the boys say she's cute. Yeah. Right, so, even Billy, which really pisses Chris off. Right. <laughs> like, adding fuel to the fire, sir. Literally. Sir. Sir. Choices. Choices them all. Like, do do you enjoy that appendage 
appendage she had her mouth on because she's going to cut it off. And she probably would because she's crazy. Oh, yeah. She's a fucking loon. Um, so anyway, after a pep talk from Miss uh, Collins, she does finally agree to go to Tommy with the prom. And then she tells her mother. Yeah, who's not a fan. Does not react well. No, no. Uh-uh. And again, you see this absolutely unhinged... Uh, behavior from Margaret and the just level of physical, emotional, mental abuse that she has piled on this child her entire Mm -hmm. life. Because, and here's we learn why. Yes. Well, not why. But we get more insight. Yeah, there's more, there's more of a backstory. So, Margaret speaks as if she's a widow. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I would venture to guess that most people in town assume she's a widow. Depending on how long they've lived there, I guess. Right. Um, but Carrie reminds her that she is, in fact, not a widow. That Carrie's father has run, had run off with another woman, and that's why he's not in the picture. Right. Which only makes him more angry. Then Carrie's telekinesis kicks in, mm-hmm. which is really like I understand why it sort of kicked in against her mother, or if it if like again in the film, unlike in the novel, in the film it is not entirely clear how much control over her power until the very end. Mm-hmm. Carrie has right, really even at the very end. Like, is this just sort of subconscious wishes? That are coming true is this just like pure white hot like defense shields going up and like anything nearby goes flying right or are these intentional actions right um at this point you're still very much we're still very much in the like anything nearby goes flying stage mm-hmm. right like if she does have control of it at the end doesn't seem like she does so much at the beginning you know um the problem is now her mother is not only convinced that she's a sinful, awful, lustful woman, but that she's also a witch. Yep. Like, ooh. All right. And so she decides... So Carrie decides to stand up to her mother. And let me say something that this was... This is the part where Carrie's almost a hero. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, because she absolutely does stand up to her mother. It is, in any abusive relationship be it you know spousal abuse or child abuse mm-hmm. or elder abuse i guess i don't know it is the the moment in which the abused is standing up to the abuser mm-hmm. that is the most dangerous right yeah and that is the case here as well so like mm-hmm. yes you can you can take all of these other factors into play and, like, why Margaret decides to kill Carrie. Mm-hmm. And in Margaret's mind, it's because, you know, her child is clearly possessed, she's a witch, she's been touched by the demon, blah, 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 blah. But if you take it a step back, because, like, there's almost always themes of abuse in King's work. Oh, yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take it from a step back and sort of lift the paranormal shit out of it, what you have is a girl who is getting to be big enough and strong enough mentally and physically to stand up to her extremely abusive mother. Mm -hmm. And the mother decides to kill her for it. Right. I mean, at its core, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. 
if there is a true unadulterated villain in this story, it is Margaret White. Oh, yes. <laughs> she is by far the scariest person in this movie. Yeah. And Piper Laurie does a, like I said, does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just terrifying. Also, I have a soft spot in my, in my heart for Piper Laurie because she was also in Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, she was. So, Carrie stands up to her mother, says, no, I'm going to the prom. Actually manages to, like, telekinetically paralyze her mother, kind of. Like, to pin her to the bed. That happens later. Does it? Yeah, it happens when she's getting ready for the prom. Well, that's what I meant. Like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of combining these two things. I'll shut up. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not, you know, there's... There's planning, you know, th- these these scenes are all sort of interwoven, right? Oh, like yeah, absolutely. Tommy trying to convince her to go to the prom, and the other kids, Chris and Billy, and them going to the um, slaughterhouse to get the blood, mm-hmm. and the pep talk with Miss Collins, right? This is sort mm-hmm. of, comprises the sort of, like, middle bit yeah. of the film. True, true, true. Um, but yes, the the final moment of defiance for Carrie is when she actually puts on that dress and walks out. Oh, you oh. see her, she has to make her dress, right? Yeah. Because they're very poor and, I mean, her mother's clearly not going to give her any money to buy a prom dress. And can we just talk about that fucking dress because it's gorgeous? It is gorgeous. Well, she's very talented. Yeah. Right? She knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy and his friends go and buy tuxes. You know, all the things. Mm-hmm. Miss Collins actually has a talk with Tommy and Sue because she also assumes that there's some kind of nefarious intent behind their plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but they convince her that it's just, they're just trying to do something nice for the girl. Right. So Carrie's got the dress on. She's got the corsage. She goes to the prop. Is having a great time. It's having a great time. Tommy even starts to like her a little bit. Yeah. Because he gets to know her. He actually talks to her. Well, and he was in the camp of not automatically hating her. No. Yeah. I mean, he was in that, like, that stereotypical teenage mindset of, like, I don't know you. You're an outcast. Like, I'm mostly just going to ignore you. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to torment you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, like, openly defend you. I might defend you under my breath. When the teacher's right. an asshole, but then if I'm asked what I said, I'll deny it. Right. Right. That that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand up for you in public. Right. But I do think the way you're treated is shitty. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he gets to know her, and of course she looks all pretty in her prom dress, and they start to, you know, some magic starts to happen. Sue shows up to, like, see if her plan worked. Right. Right? And she's like... Happy because she sees them like having fun and you know. Mm-hmm. It's cute too. Like it's like a perfect stereotypical prom. Like in a way, like oh, it's yeah. it's a classic prom. Like there, there's a band. Mm-hmm. They're having a good time dancing. Mm-hmm. They get some punch. Like they spend they, way too way too long spinning around in a circle. Like they both oh, would have fallen yeah. down. Yeah, I was over it. Very seventies. <laughs> was like right. It's stop like stop spinning. This, yeah, we don't need to see this anymore. No, you could have. Finish this 20 seconds ago. We get yeah. it. You're having fun. They Yeah, they even, like, they have a kiss. 
which was like cute. Right. Yeah. Like a nice little, a nice little like peck. Like not mm-hmm. really anything passionate or romantic. Like you don't, you don't get the feeling that he's like falling in love with the girl. No, but, but he's, he's like he's gonna show her a good time. Like yeah. he's he's gonna have he's gonna make sure this is a nice night for her. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they have a little peck, and they win, and they win, they win prom king and queen. Mm-hmm. Because Chris and Norma rigged the election. Right. Norma, who is wearing a baseball cat at prom, by the way. Girl, take off the hat for a moment. Like, she's got nice hair. I don't understand. Right? right? Like, what is happening? Anyway. I don't know. But I think, I think it's just like, there's a lot of blonde. <laughs> I feel like DePaulo was like, there's a lot of blonde girls in this. Like, we need to be able to find our main characters. Here, Norma. Put, like, here, PJ, put this hat on. I mean, she, it, she looks good in a hat. Um, so Miss Collins sees Sue, mm-hmm. who does not have a ticket to the prom because her boyfriend is there with someone else. Right. So, you know, she decides, of course, to assault her. <laughs> and she's not listening to her as she's like, you know, pulling and shoving and probably dislocating the poor girl's shoulder as she tries to get her out the door. Right. Because Sue has realized what Chris and Billy are about to do. Yes. Chris and Billy are under the stage. Mm-hmm. The pig's blood is in the bucket above the stage. They're standing there. The entire place. Here is the also really tragic part that I'm not sure I realized until now. Not everybody in the gym laughs. No. In fact, most of them don't. In fact, most of them are cheering. Like openly, like enthusiastically, not sarcastically cheering. Yeah, when she wins. When she wins. Yeah. And like... They might also be cheering for Tommy because he actually is like legitimately right. popular. But right. like, they're cheering in general. Yeah, like a, a lot of the kids there kind of like this story, mm-hmm. right? It's kind they kind of like it. It's kind of good, right? Right. And then the blood falls. So Chris and Billy are are under the stage. Everyone's cheering. Carrie's glowing, mm-hmm. right? Miss Collins is like crying. She somehow manages to like get Sue out the door and then get back in the crowd in a shockingly short amount of time. Yeah, I'm like, you ripped her right out of that gym, <laughs> right? And then you were back exactly where you were standing yeah. before. Like, I feel like maybe that might have been a continuity error, but <laughs> where was Miss Collins? How did she teleport back to exactly where she'd been in like six seconds? Anyway, um. She's the gym teacher. <laughs> she can run real fast. Real fast. She knows what's up. Miss <laughs> Collins gets Sue out the door. She's not listening. She's trying to tell her that they're under there, that they're up to something. She gets her out the door. Chris dumps the blood. Mm-hmm. Everyone is shocked. Yeah. Into silence. Mm-hmm. Until Norma starts laughing. Right. Once Norma starts, like, everyone looks horrified until Norma starts laughing. Once Norma starts laughing, we as the audience don't actually know who is laughing and who is not. Right, because in Carrie's mind... Because as soon as Carrie hears Norma laughing... Yeah, everyone's laughing. Everyone is laughing. Because they're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh. They're all going to laugh at you! (laughs) At which point Carrie flips her fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, zero to a hundred real fast. Real quick! The, it, okay, so I love it. So I want to talk about cinemato- cinematography really quick. Go because for it. this is yeah. So I'm It gonna, is the film. Oh, yeah. 
I I do want to backtrack just since we're talking about cinematography. Absolutely. I really I really appreciated the scenes where they did like a close up of um someone's face and then they had the background and they like spli- it looked like they spliced two shots together. Mm, you mean in like the like anticipation of the like So this is this is earlier than Actually earlier than that. Okay, go ahead. So this is talk. so this is when um This is when, like, when Mrs. Collins was forcing them all to, like, jog mm-hmm. right before Chris flips her shit. Mm-hmm. You have the, clo- like, half the screen is a close-up of Mrs. Collins' face, and then the other half is all the girls running in the background. Oh, I see. Right. And they did that again with Tommy when he was in the classroom with the poem. Right. With Carrie in the background. Yes. So I really appreciated that. Just wanted yeah. to touch on that real quick. No, that's that's a good little device. I loved the splits like continuous like pieces of shots Mm -hmm. that they put together Mm -hmm. ugh ugh love there is masterpiece yeah there I'm not sure there's any other way he could have made it feel more chaotic no you do Mm -mm. not know where to look yeah there's so much happening on the screen there's so much happening on the screen and you're seeing you're so disoriented like Mm -hmm. which way are we facing like you know one side of the split screen is is showing the sort of like northeast corner of the gym and the right. other side is the stage and you know like you just have this like um obviously like the the red tinting since this was a red period right? right yeah like the the red tinting that goes mm-hmm. goes into effect and yeah i mean the really the this whole movie is three sequences yes and then like filler Mm-hmm. Not to say the filler's not good, right? No, but... But, but it, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Like, that shower scene, the prom, and then the dream sequence at the end. Yeah. Is what makes this movie a classic. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For sure. So, when Carrie starts losing her shit, um, Chris and Billy, like, literally barely make it out of <laughs> They're the like, okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Carrie notices them running out and she, she just misses shutting the door on them mm-hmm. and she starts closing the door on everyone. Mm-hmm. There is no escape. Yep. You're in here with me mm-hmm. and you're going to learn your lesson. Mm-hmm. And she fucking goes ballistic. So she starts explode, like the lights start exploding mm-hmm. and she turns on the water hose and starts mm-hmm. hosing everyone down. Which like... I'm sure this is, like, well-known, but, like, getting hit by a fire hose yeah. is real painful. Mm-hmm. Like, like, people use that to control crowds. Yeah. Fire hoses. Mm-hmm. Right? And she did. <laughs> I mean, she did. <laughs> she. They kept trying to escape the windows. She was like, nope. Me. <laughs> It was like, and I love it too because, you know, the water pressure was such, well, and I mean, she's telekinetic, so she could be doing it, but it was like, it was like a snake. Yeah. Right? It was like moving on its own because, mm-hmm. you know, she was moving it, but um, we should also say that there is only one person in that gym who she does not hurt. And it's Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy dies. Mm-hmm. But not by Carrie's hand. Right. Because... It's very clear, I think, even to Carrie, even in the state she's in, 
like you don't hear it because you know all the sound goes all wonky mm-hmm. but like Tommy starts screaming yeah. As soon as that bucket falls, he's like, what the hell is going on? Who did this? Like, mm-hmm. and I think she believes him. Um, but, and this, this also happens in the novel. Uh, the bucket falls on his head. Right. Which like, would that kill you? But I don't know. I uh, suppose it would, I suppose it would depend on like how high up it was, how heavy right. the bucket was, how it hit him. Well, and my thing too is I'm like, I, I think it's more so that the bucket knocked him out and he died from burning. Or he, like smoke inhalation. Or yeah, yeah, that like, could be like. Yeah, because he yeah, was in the gym. Right, right, right. She didn't. She didn't. She did not purposely cause his death. Right. And again, this is where it starts to get into that. Like, how much control does she actually have? Is she just right. trying to hose everybody? And then like. The fact that she has the fire hose on around all the electrical equipment starts all the fires right. and starts electrocuting people. Or did she turn on that hose so she could electrocute people? Right. And like that's the question. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think I think in the novel it's weighted a little bit more toward she was intentionally trying to kill people, mm-hmm. but in the movie she's like not. She's still presented as very innocent, right up to the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like in the novel, for example, I I don't believe that she goes home to wash the blood off. Oh no! Because she's too busy rampaging through the town. I mean, it makes sense. Right, but in the movie, all she wants to do, like she starts the fire, sure, but then she leaves. Mm. Right. Although she does, she does sort of like drop that thing on Miss Collins. Yeah, she does. Which which threw me a little bit, a little bit. Well, but she but she saw her la- in she her saw mind. her laughing right? right, and whether or not Miss Collins was actually laughing, I personally don't believe Miss Collins was actually laughing. I think that no. Carrie was imagining that. Yeah, because like she was almost crying. Mm-hmm. Well, you see her right after that that scene of her looking like she's laughing, and she is. Like, deadpan serious, like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And then she, you know, runs up. And then Tommy gets up by the bucket. Mm-hmm. She runs up and she assaults another child who has <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Right. Like, She's it's just... just like, the, I need like, to take out my anger on someone. It's just... It's literally just the girl that handed Carrie the flowers. And she's like, what did you do? And she's shaking her. And I'm right. just like, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> stop shaking children. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yes, but if you think about it, so in Carrie's mind, everyone in that gym is complicit. Mm -hmm. In Carrie's mind, everyone in that gym is in on it. In Carrie's mind, everyone in that gym is laughing at her. Whether or not that's true is irrelevant because that's what Carrie thinks. And for Carrie, the biggest crime in that would be from Miss Collins. Yep. Because Miss Collins was genuinely kind to her and she did generally Mm -hmm. trust her. Right. So a betrayal from that woman would be far worse for Carrie than anything Chris could do to her. Mm-hmm. Because she knows Chris is an asshole and she knows that Chris hates her and like she doesn't particularly like Chris either. Right. But thinking that Miss Collins betrayed her sends her over the top. Right. Right. It's even like that's sort of the last person who she looks at quote unquote laughing. Mm-hmm. before she starts just setting shit on fire. Right. Literally. Um, so, yeah. So, she sets the whole place on fire. Electrocutes several people. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, another interesting difference from the novel. The teachers don't die, actually. Oh, really? So we're, we're sitting here talking about, like, you know, the implications of Miss Collins' death. Right. And she doesn't actually die in the, in the novel at all. She does not. Her name's also not Collins. It's something else. But, but that character does not die. And neither does the English teacher. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Take it out. Hmm. Um, so Carrie says everything on fire. She leaves. Mm-hmm. On her way home, another fun little difference. Like, I get the not burning the whole town down. Right. Like, that was pure just budget. This, this movie oh, only yeah. had $1.8 million. Like, right. they could not afford to burn down a town. Right. But, like, the, the, it's always interesting when you have, like, a, a, an adaptation that is this faithful, like, to think about what they did change and to think about why they changed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Miss Collins could have survived. Yeah. The English teacher could have survived. Here's the other one. I believe, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, scream at us. I believe that when Billy and Chris try to mow her down mm-hmm. and she flips the car, that in the novel, Billy's driving the car. Interesting. Right? So, again, I have to read it again because I don't really remember his character that well from the novel, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if like he's actually made a little more innocent in the movie that's what it seems like right like billy just seems kind of dumb and like he's just going along with what his girlfriend is doing and then she's driving his car and she's gonna she's gonna mow carrie down Mm -hmm. right um but you know she doesn't because carrie flips the car right close close real close real close Last second there. Yeah. Flips the car, so they're dead too. Mm-hmm. So now the only survivor... The, the, I mean, the way it makes it sound in the film, the only survivor of the entire senior class... Yeah. ...is Sue Snell. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, Collins pushed her out right before the blood right. dropped. Right. And, of course, since she also, like, didn't... Although, uh, in, in the novel, she actually goes to Carrie. They actually have a moment where... Um, because, again, she doesn't go home. She's, like, walking through town, right? Or, I mean, she does go home, but then she's walking through town. So, like, mm-hmm. Sue finds her. And uh, they do have a moment where Sue, you know, manages to sort of telepathically communicate that like her intentions actually were good and that she wasn't in on the pig's blood thing right right so uh carrie kind of ends up dying with the comfort of knowing that there was at least one person who was trying to be genuinely kind to her right yeah um obviously that that interaction i feel is kind of like uh communicated by the dream sequence in the film Yeah, I feel like that's because was the dream se- was the dream sequence aspect at all? It wasn't all mm-hmm. all in the novel. Nope. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, because again, the entire senior class has been killed. So her boyfriend's dead. All of her friends are dead. Who is Sue having nightmares about? Right. Gowdy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because she feels responsible. Right. Right. Well, and I get the the issue with the trauma. I mean, it wasn't that whole thing wasn't necessarily her fault, but in a way, it kind of was. Right. If she didn't have Tommy ask her to the prom, none of it would have happened. Right. And if she had not, if she had stopped, you know, and of course, like, she's a 17-year-old girl. Right. right? You can't, like, blame the demise of the entire town on her. But you can definitely see how in her mind she's thinking back to that day in the locker room. Right. And if she had stopped the other girls. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of getting swept into it and participating. Or if she had sort of like throughout their entire lives been kinder to Carrie. Mm -hmm. Right. She might have prevented all of this tragedy. Right. At least in her mind. Mm -hmm. She might think that. Right. Um, So, but in the movie, Carrie kills Billy and Chris. She goes home. She washes off the blood. She puts on her nightgown and looks for her mother. Mm-hmm. Who, how she missed her, her the first mom, time? I'm like, you walked right by her. Right. You didn't see her? She's not a coat rack. <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She's literally completely just, she's I mean, just standing basically beside the door. Right, yeah, she doesn't, like, and also her hair is, like, three feet wide, so how did you not get <laughs> How did you not get that? <laughs> oh, the amount of frizz that we had. Was I like, mean, it's, oh. it's, that's how you know how crazy she was. Right. <laughs> her hair is full of crazy. <laughs> crazy so, volume. <laughs> This is the point where you hear a little bit more about uh, Margaret's background. And and this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that her beliefs don't make sense. And you know that it's not just, like, religion. Mm -hmm. And that there's obviously some of the, like, very deep-seated, like, trauma and mental illness. Oh, yeah. Both combined Mm -hmm. in this woman. Because, like, she's talking about how she would not even have sex with her husband. Right. And that she felt that the conception of her child in wedlock was sinful. Mm-hmm. And that she should have killed herself or killed Carrie. Right. right? Now, let's be clear. <laughs> None of those things make any sense. No. In terms of like, even the most fundamentalist Christian doctrine. Right. Right? Like, like, you know, you're allowed to screw your husband all you want. Right. As long as there are, like, resulting children. Right. Suicide's a sin. Infanticide is definitely a fucking sin. Right? Like, so it, it is so clear in that moment when she's talking about the and also and I, this is again a little clear in the book it's like it's it's also like that part of that trauma was that that encounter between her and her husband at the roadhouse mm-hmm. was not consensual right which is hinted at but then she says she liked it so maybe she's conflicted about it right like it's a 
you know, but it's it's certainly not. I mean, it's it's not sort of. It definitely wasn't an enthusiastic yes. Right. Right. Because she she didn't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, with anyone, even her husband, even even to have a child. Right. Um, so she basically says, like, you know, I should have killed you before, but that's okay because I'm going to do it now. And Carrie's what? like, uh, what? And she stopped. <laughs> she said, whenever anyone says to you, let's pray one last time, just start running. Like, don't get down on your knees to what? pray with them. Focus. Let's not focus on praying, but let's focus on the phrase one, one last, last time. time. When somebody who, when you're, especially someone like a mother, you know, like yeah. a relative, right? Someone who you shouldn't be having one last interaction with says right. the words one last time about anything. Run. Yeah, gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go right now. <laughs> gotta go pray again. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere else. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go keep praying. <laughs> Over there. Um, so. Uh, she stabs Carrie. Mm-hmm. She has a knife. And she stabs Carrie. Carrie falls downstairs. Um, manages to get herself into the kitchen. She's not like mortally wounded at this point. Right, but she's in pain. Right. And she's scared. And she's been just like deeply traumatized by the entire night. Mm-hmm. And is also like let's not forget. She's very sympathetic, but has also killed an entire gym full of children. Like, not condoning. Right. Not condoning <laughs> Carrie's behavior. <laughs> just because she's like the sympathetic character in the movie. Right. Nope. There are better ways to deal. Yeah. Don't kill children. Don't really don't kill anyone. Mm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't kill people. FBI? No. Um, <laughs> so here's another difference, and I, I think they did this one for like pure cinematic effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the novel, she just manages to stop her mother's heart. Oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. like telepathically stops her heart? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. She's oh. just like, die. And she dies. So. <laughs> die. <laughs> that's exactly how it happens. Ask Stephen King. Anyway. Um, no. So the entire, the, the crucifixion. Right. Is like for like pure cinematic effect. And I, I uh, applaud them. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great little thing. Especially mm-hmm. when, you know, you made the Jesus statue look like Mark. Look Literally. Like, like Piper Laurie's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, I'm like the best foreshadowing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Carrie essentially, essentially, blah, blah, blah. Carrie essentially takes every utensil in the kitchen and throws it at her mother telepathically. Right. So, uh, and she ends up pinning her to the wall mm-hmm. with her arms splayed. And then, you know, several instruments go like through her abdomen mm-hmm. and, and it kills her. Right. right. So, I mean, this is, this is like clear on self defense, right? Like this is this is a much more cut and dried uh, self defense than the kids in the gym. Like I would say, probably right. like Billy and Chris were going to kill her, and mm-hmm. Margaret was going to kill her. So those ones you could like, you know, justifiable homicide maybe. Right. But like you know, every single kid in the gym probably didn't need to die. Carrie. Yeah, a little but, overboard. <laughs> a little, little overboard. A little overboard. Maybe we just count to ten next time. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Think first. <laughs> Breathing exercises weren't a thing <laughs> in, the, in the 70s. So. Think first and think something besides the word fire real loud. Okay, so... 
But then, now, Carrie is just overcome by guilt. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, she's killed her mother. She's killed her an entire graduating class. <laughs> it's just ludicrous to say it when you actually say it, right? Like, how many people <laughs> Carrie kills. Um, and you don't see it. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, no, you there's don't. really very few, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, you, you get the implication that everyone else in the gym dies. Right. But, um, so at this point, the house literally starts coming down. Mm-hmm. And so she pulls her mother, still hoping to be able to save her, mm-hmm. right? Because she feels guilty about killing your mother. Right. As you, as you would, even if your mother's, you know, an abusive psychopath, you still would probably feel bad about killing her. Um, pulls her into that closet mm-hmm. to try to save them. Right. Um, doesn't work. No. The entire house collapses on them. And Carrie dies. So, cut to the scene that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> <laughs> because this really is the first movie that does this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is the first yeah, movie that does this. Yeah, I believe it's the OG. Because if you think of a movie like Psycho, The Exorcist, right? Like these movies all ended on like a like an eerie note right. at the end, right? Like you have mm-hmm. the sort of, you know, um, you know, Norman looking up at the camera is sort of like this iconic ending. Right. But it's not a jump scare. No. No. no, no. By any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. What they did, what De Palma did in Carrie, set the standard for the next 40 goddamn years. Yep. Of horror movies. Um, in fact, Tom Savini cites Carrie specifically. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this during the Friday yeah, the 13th episode. Yeah. Is like... He said that he had seen Carrie, and he was like, "We should do something like that." Yeah, and that like, and thank fucking God, because and thank fucking God, because that uh, one then launched the next thousand ships, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, Susan Bed, obviously, as you would be, being the sole survivor of your graduating class, um, and her mother's on the phone explaining. So, like, this is this is how you get the sort of plot exhibition of that. Like, yes, everyone else died. Right. Susan Ben clearly has been like tranquilized, right? Oh yeah. Um, and she's dreaming, mm-hmm. and again you have this mirroring. This is actually a really nice mirroring be- right. between the first scene mm-hmm. that's all sort of like misty and in slow motion, and like you know sort of uh, has this very soft soft lighting mm-hmm. in the locker room. And then the scene where she's walking down the street toward the White House. (laughs) The White House. Toward Carrie's house. (laughs) Which, of course, is no longer there. Right, yeah. It's literally just... Because it fell down. It's ashes. Yeah. Um, But there is sort of... Someone had put a cross there Mm -hmm. in in the dream. Someone had put a cross there and someone had graffitied it. Mm -hmm. It was Carrie White and Burning Hill. Right. Right. Um, And Sue... Now, mind you, that makes a lot more sense when you think about it in the context of the novel where Carrie broadcasts that she's doing it, even to people who don't even know who she is. Like, the entire town hears it. Um, So, 
Sue kneels down to put flowers at this little like makeshift memorial and a bloody hand mm-hmm. pops out of the ground and grabs her arm. Now, let's remember that the way that this all started, the action that set all of this in motion was when Carrie got that first period she had blood all over her hand and she grabbed Sue's arm. Mm-hmm. So it is like this beautiful full circle moment. Oh, yeah. But it's also one of cinema's most effective jump scares because you really do think it's over. Right, yeah, absolutely. You think it's just, she's going to put those flowers down and that's going to be it. And that's and then like fade black. Right. Right. Imagine, like, think think of like the, the varying degrees of effectiveness of like the last minute jump scare 40 years on now, mm-hmm. right? When we know it's going to happen. Oh, you know yeah. it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen every time. Right? Mm-hmm. If they don't do it at the end of the movie, sometimes they add like a cutscene where it happens. Right. <laughs> right? Imagine, like, it didn't even happen in Jaws. And Jaws was like yeah. the scariest movie ever, mm-hmm. right? Like, it had, it made everyone lo- lose their minds the summer before this came out. Yeah. Right? But Jaws didn't do this either. Imagine sitting in a movie theater, having never experienced the last minute jump scare before watching Carrie, thinking it was over, and then that hand pops out of that grave. Like, did people faint? (laughs) Pure magic. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. I bet, I mean, I'm sure people freaked out. I'm sure. Like, it was, I mean, it's, it's, and then every single movie after that had to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, not all did it well. Not all did it well. A lot of them are even framed as dreams, mm-hmm. right? Like in Friday the 13th. Right. I would say like in A Nightmare on Elm Street, but like, kind of makes sense. Like, it kind of has to be a dream because it's Friday. Right. Speaking of which, our Instagram is sitting at 71 followers, people. So, 30 more. 29. I think it's 71. 29 more. Yeah. Feel free to share with your friends and mm-hmm. have them start following us and... Katie's going to get that tattoo. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah. So, that's Carrie. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. I really did. Uh, I watched this movie on an airplane. <laughs> which was somewhat awkward. Because I was like, what if a small child walks by? Right? Like, just to be... <laughs> just to be in a public place watching a movie like this. Yeah. Much less, like, on an airplane, which feels, like, weirdly intimate. Right. Anyway, but yeah, but it's a great movie. It's okay. I watched Mother mm-hmm. on an airplane. Yeah. See? Similar it's vibe. weird. You're just, this is just weird. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable right now. That was my first time watching it, too, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> on this plane. Right. Because it was, what, Darren Aronofsky? I believe so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Like, AKA sir. weird as fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AKA weird as fuck. <laughs> So, next week, <laughs> because it is Pride Month. Yes, yes, yes. And we are gay as fuck. <laughs> we are doing the Babadook. <laughs> and we are going to I'm so excited. <laughs> thoroughly explore how the hell <laughs> right? the Babadook became a queer icon. 
And and it's going to be more than besides why not. <laughs> I mean, yes. Well, I hope so. I don't know. I haven't done the research yet. But <laughs> I hope that there's some kind of, at least a chain of events we can follow. <laughs> because oh. I remember, like, at the time, I remember being like, like, I remember I saw him. I'm pretty sure that the that that year that that happened was the first time I'd ever gone to a Pride, and there was Babadook. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is happening right now? Why? But yes, so we will we yes. will be doing the Babadunkaduck. Mm-hmm. That's, so it's funny, like, so not that, we, not that we're diving into it now, but, like, I think, like, my, my chain of events was, like, Babadook happened, Babadook was popular, suddenly... Babadook Duke, like twerking, mm-hmm. and then suddenly pride. I mean that that sounds like that sounds like that's probably the sequence. Yeah, where it went. In. There's more into it. There's more, but like yeah. I feel like those are I feel like those are definitely like yeah. touch points. Oh yeah, of of how this happened. But mm-hmm. we will be we will be getting into uh, we will be getting into Babadook as queer icon. Oh yeah. In addition, of course, to just discussing the film. On its own merits, because they certainly did not create the Babadook with the intention of him being a queer icon. No, no. Or did they? Hmm. Find out next week. Find out next week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Until then, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. Our Instagram is Podcast. Um, Again. We are at 71. If we get to 100, I'm getting a Freddy Krueger tattoo. Our Twitter is FNFrightsPod. Our uh, Facebook is just, you can just uh, search Friday Night Frights and we'll pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website, FNFrightsPodcast.com. You can scream at us at scream at FNFrightsPodcast.com if you'd like to speak to us directly. That's the way to do it. Um, and then, of course, there is Fright Club. CC. And Sean, what's that first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is to um, not use your boyfriend to apologize on your behalf by taking someone to prom. Right. It's choice. Don't don't make this choice. Right. Like, apology via dishonesty, not the best route. No. You know what you could do to make amends? You could just apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would you like to go get a milkshake? I don't know what did teenage girl do in 1976, but whatever. Like, sure. Would you like to sit with me at lunch? Would you like me to get some of my other rich, popular friends to stop tormenting you? You got options. Do you want to dress up in my clothing? I don't fucking know. I don't know what girls do. <laughs> I mean, they kind of. I mean, that is that is yeah. that probably would be an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not not gaslighting. No, gaslighting no. is not an apology. Let's just let's put that on a fucking t-shirt. Gaslighting <laughs> is not an apology, friends. Point blank period. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, don't do that. Let's do it. That's how you get killed. I mean, that's how you get the whole fucking town. She's the only one who doesn't get killed. Right. That's how you get right. the whole town killed. Yeah. So gays and ghouls, tune in next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. And until then, sleep tight.